0: Gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller. Thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our upcoming look at the Week 7 games across the NFL. And in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, Andy's total prop and we're going to get to your news of the week. But first, of course, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Atridge.
1: How you doing, Andy, buddy? Couldn't be better, buddy. It'd yeah, be better g'mut, g'mut kite, by the
0: way. Gemudlichkeit. I guess you're having some Oktoberfest fun, eh? Uh
1: well, when you're in a, a German town like I am, yeah. you don't know, have any other choice. So
0: Well if you want an, if you want a different toast that's kind of Swiss German, Southern German, my Swiss mm-hmm. relatives always say Zumbo. Zumbo. Uh, we'll say. Yeah, Prost, you would yeah. you would say Prost. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, you gotta make sure you give the S T is always S H T in German, right? Prost. Prost. That's right. So when in Berlin,
1: do you like the Berliners.
0: Yeah. So I I finally had a a good week, three games over 500.
1: You did eight and five.
0: I could still pick winners and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home.
1: Yeah. Uh, We picked, yeah, we picked 13 games. I unfortunately was one under 500. Uh, Thank you, Detroit lions for making that happen.
0: Thank Um, you, Detroit lions for part of my eight and five.
1: (laughs) Well, it's almost like they were, it's almost like the, uh, Packers knew what the line was, and they were just going to make sure that they didn't cover it. You know, what, I found,
0: what I found interesting, dude, was that uh, the two games that we differed on last week, I came out on the right side of both of them. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, Seattle, and uh, Detroit, Green Bay, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I think there was one other one. that. Oh, maybe it was. No, I think we only we differed had.
0: on two. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. I'm just be pretty po- I'm pumped to be back on that winning trajectory there. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, yeah, it's well- another good week at the uh, betting wicket.
1: So what did you think of Ted games this past weekend, Matty?
0: I thought the product was, uh, let me see, trash. Mm-hmm, Especially mm-hmm, how mm-hmm, you finish mm-hmm. that off Monday night in prime time under the lights at Lambeau Field. There was some good football being played, and it was being ruined by some over-officious jerks, also known as referees.
1: There were two fouls by the defense, offense, that, uh, correct, <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: And I did a rant the other year about how, you know, since the referees are such a big part of the game now, why don't we just let them run out of the tunnel, you know, have the fireworks going off. The NFL freaking already tweets out like a awesome picture of the start, the referee that's going to be officiating that night's game. I mean, why are the refs even a part of the game? They're there to make sure that things are fair. But right now it seems that it wasn't the uh, Green Bay Packers that beat the Detroit Lions. It was the officiating crew that beat the Detroit Lions. And I'm not not—I'm always one, too, to say, you know what? Everybody gets jobbed by the officials. It goes both ways. Monday night, it sure shit didn't go both ways. It well, was, no, it was you those, seriously you one-sided.
1: Two hands to the face penalties in the fourth quarter against the Lions, and, and a and a tournament.
0: glaring, glaring pass interference that was missed. Oh, yeah. not to mention Detroit getting called for too many men on the field earlier, and then when, of course, Green Bay has thirteen men on the field, no penalty. So, I, like, I honestly figured that those referees are bought off by rich oil men,
1: yeah, or the fact that no one in Green Bay knows how to count to thirteen.
0: <laughs> that yeah they just could have taken that right from uh the wisconsin gene pool eh, pal <laughs>
1: <laughs> well now, now honest question though you know it's 2019 yep and we're on the refs a lot i don't think from the human aspect the refs are any different than they were in the 70s or the 80s or even the 90s personal we'll foul oh, we'll on number 99 of the defense after he tackled
0: the quarterback he-
1: But we've got so much technology now to see replays, uh, you know, at a zoomed in level and everyone's got their opinions and it's like, okay, well, it's easy for us to see hands to the face on slow motion, but the NFL moves really quickly. And I'm not suggesting uh, that, that, that you, they need to do anything about the refs, but the whole officiating system, you could have uh, a guy in the sky, just calling down to these guys going, oh, no, no, hang on. You missed that. And, and you can do it quickly before they're even back to the huddle.
0: Not only that, it shouldn't be back in New York. Whoever that is that's the overseeing eye, if you will, that person should be at that stadium dedicated to that game as basically the official that has the ability to make that call into
1: into the referee's earphone. Actually, well, say, my understanding of it is in New York, they actually have It's literally, it looks like a bunker from the outside. And they've got a bunch of guys in there looking at different angles all at the same time. So I can understand why it's centralized like that to make things more efficient. Yeah. um, I
0: think they got to be at the games, and I think they should have one game on their screen and not be looking at a whole bunch of other stuff. I think they've got to fix this problem because it's like – I'm sorry, I agree with you that maybe back in the day they were pretty close to what they are now, but now you have the technology to deal with it. And I'm not talking about having coaches – Flags and taking no. lots of time. I'm basically saying that if a referee in the sky were to just basically say that was enhanced to the face and pick the flag up, that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, and just yeah, they, makes they see it more I, like that, and like, refs have to stop being a part of the game. Well, you know, you I don't the, care if you're flashing game or, against
1: the Jets. Oh, of course. Right, and then you, have to see, you had six flags on six consecutive plays, and in fact, I think there was eight flags in that entire drive. And it's so disruptive to the flow of the game, and it's unwatchable. Yeah, because almost almost every play, you're expecting to say, "Oh, where's the flag? Where's the flag?" And you know, the flow of the game. I mean, you have to temper one with the other, but you want to get things right. I understand, but it's just becoming unwatchable with all this laundry going on.
0: Yeah, on the field. Yeah, they got to find a way to somehow integrate it all a little bit well, more seamlessly than it happens right now. I just, you know, I. Pass interference, I can have either way when it goes pretty close. Uh, But stuff like 13 men on the field, that's stuff that needs to be called every time. And, you know, the hands-to-the-face stuff, especially as you're coming down the stretch in the fourth quarter, it's a close game. And by the way, part of that's on the Lions. They had many chances to score a touchdown. They could only score one. And by doing that, they settled for field goals, which let Green Bay hang around. If you let Aaron Rodgers hang around and it comes to the fourth quarter, guess who's making a comeback? Aaron yeah, Freakin-Rodgers.
1: So, so just, just as far as stats go, there was 188 penalties on the weekend uh, for 1,487 yards. Um, now, actually, I compared that to the year before. There was 185 penalties for 1,460 yards. So it was almost dead even. Um, so I'm not going to say that this year is an anomaly because it isn't. It's just a trend. It's, it's a trend. But 1,487 yards is... You know, four fifths of a mile. worth some penalties? That's a lot. Yeah, that that is a lot. Like when you put it in that context, like that's a that's a lot of laundry on the field. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I it's probably going to take for them uh to sit down in the off to figure out a more efficient way of doing it. But I, I got to imagine that there is one. You're
0: crazier. Over- Good crazy. Crazy. Yeah. cause you fell, you i all right, brother, let's jump to our news of the week.
1: Buntes Perfect's year-long suspension has been upheld by the league. The much maligned Raiders linebacker appealed his suspension, but it was to no avail. He will not be eligible to play until next season. Roger Goodell, the NFL's commissioner, said that there's no more room in the game for that kind of physical play.
0: I mean... Had he gotten a hand job from some sex slaves at a discount Rub and Tug, he could have salvaged some of the season under the new Robert Kraft Tug rule. But alas, he can't even afford discount hookers since he's paid over $4 million in fines since entering the league. That's gotta hurt. Ex-Broncos quarterback Brock Osweiler, also known as the Brock Lobster, has retired after seven years in the NFL. Retiring in the middle of Brocktober is a fitting end for an otherwise forgettable career.
1: Forgettable, Maddie. who can forget the pivotal role Brock played in the Broncos' Super Bowl win? I mean, sure, Peyton Manning was under center, but without Brock's clipboarding holding skills, who knows if that team even makes the playoffs.
0: Well, he may never win a gold jacket, but he can keep himself warm at night knowing he has more Super Bowl rings than Dan Marino, and that he took the NFL for over $41 million during his career in earnings. Do that in any other job you brought up on grand larceny charges.
1: Actress Jane Fonda said she is prepared to get arrested every Friday amid climate change protests that led to her being detained outside the Capitol last week. This is a collective crisis. It requires collective action. And so I decided to use my celebrity to try to raise the sense of urgency. And I moved to Washington and I'm going to get arrested every Friday, she said.
0: Andy. I believe there is already a team in the D.C. area where it has members getting arrested every Friday, and, you know, of course, the boss is willing to look past disobedience and deep rap sheets. I think the Case Keenum has found himself an upgrade to Washington's tight end position. Go Redskins! All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks. go! Game one on Sunday sees the first game in New York this weekend. The New York Giants, three-point favorites to the visiting Arizona Cardinals. Two rookie quarterbacks who, well, Kyler Murray for Arizona's had a bit better last couple games than Daniel Jones, but Jones hasn't really been bad this year. Uh, Saquon Barkley's back in the lineup uh, for the Giants as well. What do you think about this? This is a tight three-point spread, I think.
1: It is. Um, you know, with Saquon Barkley being back in the lineup, and that's definitive. He's not even on the injured list, uh, injured reserve list. It's probable. Uh, but another guy that is on the IR is Sterling Shepard, who will not play. I, you know, this is kind of a tough one to figure out, only because I'm not sure who the Giants really are. I think we've got a pretty good idea who Arizona is. And now they have cornerback Patrick Peterson back in the lineup after a six-game suspension, after testing positive, for. Four- for performance-enhancing drugs.
0: Drugs are bad.
1: So that's, I mean, he's a pro bowler. So yep. you get that guy back in the lineup. David Johnson has not done a lot. No. Nope. Uh, but he's been helping out Murray. And, and Murray's, asked- Murray's done anything you could possibly ask of a rookie quarterback.
0: Well, he's even if if he's got it close at the end of the game, there's a chance for them. He seems to be able to do it with his legs and uh, make some timely passes when he needs to. They they need a bit better of a defense, though. Although it's not like the G men have a much better defense. Oh no,
1: they have a horrible defense.
0: uh, The spread or the the, against the spread record for Arizona is going to get in their favor, though. They're five and two in their last seven games, and uh, five and one against the spread in their last six versus the Giants. Of course, this game is two brand-new quarterbacks, so the history kind of doesn't mean quite as much.
1: No, two new quarterbacks. And, uh, yeah. I Right now, put a gun to my head. I'm going to take the Giants here. This line started out at 2.5 and, and went up to 3. Um, I think there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the Giants. I'm not sure if that's just to bump the lineup, and then they'll be taking the underdog after that. But um, As it stands right now, Arizona on the road, new coach, new quarterback, I'm going to go with the team that has Saquon Barkley in the backfield.
0: All right. Well, Arizona scored 60 points in their last two games, and uh, they were also able to give in those games, they were able to give two good teams a run for their money, the Lions and the Ravens this year, right? They were. I mean, the Lions and the Ravens have proved to be pretty good teams, and Arizona was close, and they have much better defenses than do the New York Giants. I think that as long as it stays to a field goal, Arizona goes on the road and, and pulls this one out it, against the spread, at least. This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Up next, we go to Lucas Oil Stadium and, uh, the Indianapolis Colts playing host to the Houston Texans. I think this one's going to be a barn burner. Indy's laying one point at home. I think it started out as a pick'em, if I'm not mistaken. No, is- it was
1: actually it was exact. Uh, Houston was the one point favorite. Oh, so it
0: swung a whole point in the other direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think if we if we've learned anything from the first few games of the season, if Deshaun Watson still has a clean jersey by the fourth quarter. Chances are that Houston's doing all right, right? You bet. And we saw what they did against Casey's defense. And he had enough time to read war and peace in the backfield before he felt any pressure last week. Not sure if you saw that game, but um, he had a lot of opportunities to do whatever he wanted down the field. Yep. So the, the Colts will have the services of uh, Darius Leonard um, back in the lineup as he was cleared from the concussion protocol on Monday. And they've got a great offensive line, do they not?
0: Yeah, they do have a, a have a good O-line. they got a really good O-line. And, I mean, that's part of Jacoby Brousset's success when he's had it this year is because he's been upright most of the time. Uh, and, yeah, I love Marlon Mack. Their D is much tougher than Kansas City's. Kansas City's secondary is just atrocious. So, I mean, uh, Houston's definitely going to be in it. However, they've put up 84 points in the past two weeks, eh? You know that's pretty impressive. They're six one and two against the spread in their last nine on the road as well. Now this is the spread's not as big a factor here because it's pretty much a pick'em. The Colts also they have a loss to Oakland at home this year. I'm not sure yet about the Raiders. I
1: think that was a bit of an anomaly. Yeah, but Houston beating KC on the road and KC has lost two in a row. But they probably should have lost the Lions. Yep, and You know, Casey's defense, really, we've talked about this before, it's got more gaps in it than a Michael Strahan photo album. Michael Strahan's teeth are having a middle school dance where the boys stand on one side of the room and the girls stand on the other. And so, as I say, if Deshaun Watson is upright and vertical, he's good. But I don't think he's going to let him do that.
0: Here's, Here's my problem with Indy, though. Safety Malik Hooker is doubtful. Mm-hmm. and they've got a pair of cornerbacks who are listed as questionable. So if you've got um that's Kenny Moore the second there with his knee and uh Sha'Kyle Taylor uh his chest they're both questionable. If you're a, you're you're down two cornerbacks and a safety against Deshaun Watson, yikes. I mean, I I'm agreeing with you on Indy, though. They're, they've been more than impressive this year. And what Frank Reich has done with that team and no Andrew Luck and to inspire confidence and start getting some wins, you got to give them nothing but props.
1: But I Yeah, think Jake, that- Biscuit, Jake Biscuit is, is good, right? He's more yeah. than serviceable. He's more than a game manager. And if you simply look at the coaching matchups between Bill O'Brien and Frank Reich, and you said it yourself. Frank Reich knows what he's doing. Bill yeah. O'Brien does not. He's just got a lot of athleticism on his team that sort of masks some of the play calling that he makes.
0: Well, for Frank Reich, just point at Philadelphia and how their offense has completely fallen off since he left after they won the Super Bowl.
1: So right. I'm, I'm going to predicate my pick more so on the coaches than any other aspect of this game. And that would lead me to take your Indianapolis goals.
0: Yeah, and we haven't agreed yet today, so I'll just keep that trend going because I'm going with the Houston Texans. you wondered I've wondered whatever became of me I'm living on the air in Cincinnati Cincinnati WKRP And now we go to Cincinnati where the Bengals are three and a half point home dogs against the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars Jags with a uh, tough loss last week to New Orleans.
1: Wow, that spoke more to New Orleans' defense than I think anything else that happened in that game. I mean, yep. holding those guys to one score. Or was it one score or two field goals? I can't remember. A couple field goals, I believe. Yeah. Just the the Saints' defense, we'll get on to the Saints later, but they just wow. They wowed me. They did wow me. And Cincinnati has done nothing but disappoint me. However... They did get a backdoor cover last week, which we both picked since so that helped us. Yep. Uh, but they started the game on a kick return. So they, they started the game, um, you know, seven nothing before balls even set up under center. Yep. And I don't think that's going to happen again. I mean,
0: no. <laughs> Jags have a good D. Like the last uh, two opponents that they've lost to are the Panthers and the Saints. They're no slouches, and the Bengals are nowhere nearly as tough as either of those two, two opponents. Uh, since he's 3-3 three and three against the spread this year, but they're losing by an average of 10.3 points per game.
1: Yeah, they're not doing well, Matty. No. They're not doing they're, well. The and covers if you look they've had our back door. If you look at Leonard Fournette's production in terms of yards per carry versus that of Joe Mixon, you've almost got a two-point differential in favor of Fournette. But the wise guy in me says, come on, Cincinnati, more than a field goal at home against Jacksonville. I just... Every bone in my body wants to take Jacksonville, but I look at the consensus bet, and that's where all the public is. I got to go bungles here. I got to go bungles here again. But I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. we
0: ride on like every day big beats hit gangsters and parties don't stop till eight in the morning. well the Atlanta Falcons this week are three-point home dogs and man the Falcons are home dogs a lot this year probably because they're dog shit uh, the LA Rams are coming to town las though uh they were one time undefeated after a couple weeks and then they haven't been able to get
1: a win in the last three. Well, that's why it's a, a sixteen-game long season, Matty. Yeah, but they did have a very busy Tuesday on the trade wires. Yeah, uh, they traded a first-round draft pick, uh, a first-round back draft pick in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one to acquire Jalen Ramsey. I think we got hosed on that call.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville fleeced them all the way to the bank.
1: Uh, I think they did, but right now Wade Phillips has a brand new toy that he can play with. Yeah. Have-
0: yeah, um, well, they really they this. really needed some help on that back end in the secondary because well, they they've been allowing a lot of garbage touchdowns.
1: Yeah, and they also you know they picked up uh, a Browns old lineman Austin Corbett. They Got rid of Marcus Peters, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Peters was as, as great a history as he's had. Has kind of been a bum for the last couple of seasons. I, you know what? Again, you know, Atlanta, we kind of. Kind of said, oh, the ice is falling off uh, Matt Ryan. Matty Ice Ryan isn't ain't so icy. But he's got 2,000 yards, over 2,000 yards passing this season. And the only other guy in that category is Patrick Mahomes. And, in fact, he's got one more touchdown pass already this season than wow. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not looking at him. But let's look on the, the Rams side uh, in the way that they played San Francisco last week. On third down, third down, they were 0-9. On fourth down, they were 0-4. Wow. I mean, I think that speaks a little bit more to San Francisco than it does to the Rams. But that Rams offensive line is horrible, right? Yep. And Atlanta's defensive secondary, the of Neal, I mean, they're like 27th in the league. Now, their offense still has a bunch of nice names, right? Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Freeman.
0: They can't seem to put anything together with it. They're 1-6 and against the spread in their last seven.
1: Well, Matty, here's where it's going to change. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's going to change this Sunday. Now you've got Gurley, not likely to play. He's pretty much out. Brandon Cooks, he'll likely be in the lineup, but he's going to be banged up. Atlanta's actually beat the Rams in the past five straight games, and you're giving me three points at home with a team that's desperate for a win um Bill or Dan Quinn rather is he's on the hot seat he's the next guy on the hot seat so he this is a great spot for him um you know to show what his team is made of and I'm looking for Atlanta to have a bounce back game here
0: see I think this is recency effect you like to talk to that and I mean yeah they, yeah they lost us to the Bucks Seahawks and Niners Uh, Those three teams all have uh, really good offenses, and the Seahawks and Niners have incredible defenses. Heck, the Niners even held Goff to 74 yards passing last week. 78,
1: it was, exactly. 78, so there you
0: go. So, I mean, those losses have kind of taken a shine off the Rams, but those teams are really good teams, and the Mm -hmm. Falcons are nowhere near as good. And you were talking during the last game that we chatted about about how you like to go against the public. Well. With that shine being taken off the Rams, uh, the Rams at minus three, well, it's floating around at a lot of top rated sport books with the VIG adjusted anywhere from
1: even money to plus
0: 105.
1: Well, 65% Uh, of the bats, not the money, but the bats are in favor of the Rams.
0: See, I've got the exact opposite. Well, you might be looking
1: at how much money spent. spent. Yeah, he maybe
0: could, that's how much money that might reveal what the
1: sharps are playing. Right?
0: Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm going with the uh, the Rams here at uh, minus three. I think the the Falcons are exactly what a court, young quarterback like uh, uh, Jared Goff needs to get out of his slump. Is they're a horrible defense, and I think especially because Gurley's probably going to be back in the lineup this week. I I'm going with the Rams at minus three. <laughs>
1: One, two, three. Go, Bills. Go, Bills. Go, Bills.
0: All right, Bills Mafia. You got a legit team this year. And, uh, well, this week you're hosting the Miami Dolphins. That's always good for team morale. And uh, Buffalo laying 17 points at home. And get this, dude. The last time the Bills were double-digit favorites was 30 years ago.
1: I was going to say you must have guys like Thermal Thomas and Andre Reed and Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith all in the lineup. And uh, when you look at the numbers like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, this is the Bills are also coming off a bye week here, so they've had a chance to to rest. I, I I'm kind of digging. Uh, I'm I'm digging Buffalo to win this game. But the thing about Miami is they can backdoor cover seventeen points.
1: The Bills' offense isn't that strong. Well, here's the thing. So Josh Rosen. And I feel so sorry for this kid. You know, he gets drafted by Arizona, crappy team. Gets traded to Miami, an even crappier team. And then he gets benched in favor of uh, Fitzpatrick, the guy from Harvard, there, right? Now um, they just announced today that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is indeed going to be the starter in this game against Buffalo. Now, it's not surprising when you consider that in South Florida, in both college and pro, they value reading the defense more than they do reading. yeah, Right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, that's just the way Miami is. That's the way the fans are. But this spread is too big, Maddie. I mean, look at the total, 39. It's a divisional the- game, too. I know. I know. I mean, I know that this is, that they're
0: laying 17 points according to Westgate. I actually bought it at uh, Miami plus 17 and a half on Sports Interaction. Oh, good for you. So, I like I mean, I'm take yeah, I mean, if Miami's playing New England, I'm thinking maybe something else, but Buffalo, like they they're, they're going to win this game. We're going to win the game. I guarantee. You. I I guarantee you Buffalo wins this. Miami game, is a no really
1: way... really bad team.
0: Yes. Like, let, let's not um... Well, yeah, we're not going to kid ourselves, of course. Miami's yeah, guard. We're not going
1: to kid ourselves. Well, here's a stat for you. So after six weeks of play, they've held the lead in a game for a total of three minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> that is awful. That is awful. Even a drunken fraternity brother could last longer than that. Yeah. Um, so Matty and I made a bit of a pact and I'm going to share it with our listeners. Now, it's not guaranteed guarantee that we're going to do this, but if but the Miami Dolphins continue to tank for Tua, and, and what we saw last week, make no mistake, was a tank.
0: Yeah, there's a really good chance of this
1: happening. So, And, and I'll tell you why it was a tank. Okay, so you're 17-16, and you go for two points. I get that. All right, you want the win. You're going to do a screen pass, Yeah, and you're going to throw it three yards behind the line of scrimmage. When there's five red jerseys around your player that you're throwing it to? Oh, come on, man. Um, but anyway, so back to uh, the pack that Maddie and I have. In week 17 of the season, which really has some scrambled odds, uh, difficult lines to, to figure out, Maddie and I will not be doing to a tank. We are going, as an homage, to a tank to Tua, where we drink our faces off before we record. And then talk about the Lions, and you know what? You know, my if Miami can do it for sixteen games, we can do it for one episode. We're almost twice, guys.
0: Yeah, I am. I'm, this is almost surely going to happen. Miami will easily run the table in reverse. I mean, well,
1: yeah, just I have just have, the, the reason I think, think this is per- they'll have two perfect seasons in Miami.
0: Yeah, exactly. One a little worse than the other, though. I mean, I, I I see Buffalo winning this game, but it's 17 points or 17 and a half points uh, on a divisional game with the Bills' offense not being like this huge juggernaut.
1: No, it's not a juggernaut. I'm Josh taking Allen's I'm taking pretty, Miami. Pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, Miami can easily get a kick return, and Lord knows Josh Allen can throw a wild interception and fumble the ball. This is too many points. But if any of our fans want to win on how we should handle week 17 in terms of what we're drinking. Please hit us up on the Facebook. Once, two, super, Listen, pal, maybe you haven't heard. I'm the guy in all Detroit. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart.
0: Your renaissance and waterfronts give you a flair of your own. To D-Town we go, where the Detroit Lions are playing host to division rival Minnesota Vikings. And, Rob, the NFC North is a complete scramble this year. And the Packers, of course, they got a bit of an upper hand beating the Lions Monday night. But if it wasn't for the refs, uh, the Lions beat the Packers straight up at Lambeau in prime time on Monday night. This Lions team is legit.
1: Well, it it started off as Minnesota minus one. Or, sorry, as Detroit minus one. Now they've been the underdog. I don't think one point, either way, really matters in a matchup like this. But as you say, yeah, you get two hands-to-the-face penalties against Detroit. plus a big divisional game against the Pack. Now, Minnesota has righted what we usually call the Viking ship since Adam Thielen called out Kirk Cousins a couple weeks ago. And you had the Stefan Diggs issue, which will likely be, hey, let's – Let bygones be bygones. He yanked in three touchdown passes from Cousins last week against the banged up Eagles secondary. Yep, I'm really liking the way the Minnesota Vikings are playing.
0: Adam Thielen the week prior as well. You know, like when he called out Kirk Cousins, he gets he gets paid as well. So obviously the squeaky wheel gets the grease in Minnesota. And I got to give props to their old coordinator who was saying we're going to run, we're going to run, and was giving Cousins ten pass attempts in a game. Now. He's giving Kirk Cousins a lot more. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins is taking more now. Oh, but downfield. Like he had yeah.
1: three, four passes over 40 yards.
0: Yeah. And that's what you got. A guy like Diggs with those wheels, oh, you bad. just got to count on him busting coverage. And, and just that's chuck exactly it up what top. he did against
1: the Eagles. That's yep. exactly what he
0: did. Just against get against it up Eagles. top. Now, Detroit's got a pretty darn good secondary, though. Uh, they, like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers yeah, had to make a perfect pass for that touchdown to happen at the end of the game. Right. Like he just dropped it in there. So, I mean, this game, I think it can go either way. Uh, Lions are four and one against the spread in their last five, though. Vikings are two and five against the spread in their last seven on the road. So the Vikings, I don't think they travel well. I also think that maybe the Kirk cousins uh, against good teams comes out here as well. So I'm going, I'm, I'm screaming
1: Lions. Well, I'm going to scream Vikings on this one. I've got, I've just got a little bit more confidence in the way that Minnesota runs their team and the way they play defense and have a very disciplined ground game. And on Johnson, yes, he's nice. He's a nice little uh, flashy, sparkly guy to have on your team, but he's not really getting the carries to, to warrant um, them being a, a ground game first, which they, they try to say that they are, and they're not. So let's, yeah. I'm just going back to basics here. I like the Vikings to cover against Detroit. You know what I'm in the mood for? <laughs> Screaming Viking! Screaming Viking! Screaming, Viking. Screaming Viking.
0: Yeah, Scream yeah. Vikings! Screaming Vikings! Screaming Vikings! Well, the Minnesota Vikings we don't lose a game or two. Chicago's
1: got the Bears, but Lordy, who cares? And the fans are always feeling blue, and the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck.
0: Well, Green Bay coming off a short week, uh, they are at home, five and a half point favorites against the visiting Oakland Raiders. hope oh, coming off a bye. Uh, this game, you think, you think Oakland's the real deal? They they certainly uh, handled their business uh, against the Bears in London.
1: You know what, Maddie, I. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on this game with your money. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, this line started I think it's well it's no, it started an even touchdown. And now it's come yep. down to five and a half. And sorry, is it let me just double check what it is right now because No, it's still five and a half. All right. At seven I really liked Oakland. I really did. Yeah. But you can imagine John Gruden coming at Lambo. Coming down your throat. I don't know. I just don't see them pulling out a victory. I know they've been playing well, and I know that they've been playing a spirited game. And I think it's their emotion that's winning them. It's not talent. And I think Green Bay's got a better defense than Oakland does. And I think Green Bay's got a better offense than they do. And you get in the confines of Lambeau Field, you know, even though it's halfway through October, yeah, they're going to see stuff. And the reason why, I, I know the reason why they beat your Bears in England was because they went over five days. earlier. They just got acclimated. That was a brain fart on the the part of the Bears.
0: Yeah, the Bears defense was sleepwalking because Matt Nagy is a horrible head coach.
1: Well, I'm not
0: impressed with them this year at all, man. No. Because I honestly think a lot, like I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky is the greatest quarterback in the world, but I think there's been a lot of coaching mistakes when it comes to play calling as well uh, by not using the tools that you do have. You know, Packers, though, 5-0 and o straight up in their last five games against the Raiders. Um, the Raiders are only 1-4 against the spread on, in their last five games on the road. They're not real known for being road warriors. Well, they're
1: not. but They still each, have Carr as their quarterback. Each of these teams is over 500, okay? So if you look at the games they've won, the recipe for success was coming out early and coming out hard and strong. and scoring a lot of points in the first half. I just don't see Oakland doing that in Green Bay. You know, it's a one o'clock start. They're coming across the country. I know we talk about that at nausea, but I, you know, at five and a half, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Aaron Jones is playing the fire. Devontae Adams probably will not be back in the lineup. I I just I would rather go to bed at night thinking, hey, I took the Packers at home on a touchdown against John Gruden's Raiders, and that's my gut feeling on this one. And That's what I'm going with.
0: Well, you know how serious I have to be if I'm taking the Packers because I have a serious burning hatred of them. But uh, at home, five and a half points against Oakland, and they're four and one. The Packers win this week. Um, You're going to have one of either Minnesota or Detroit losing. That's in their division. And then the Bears, if they were to lose this week, you're talking about a couple games in hand in the NSC North for the Packers. So yeah, I- but take a,
1: look at, take a look at Oakland's situation. They got KC losing two games in a row. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos uh, starting the season 0-4, now on a two-game road stretch. These guys are playing each other tomorrow night. and recording on Wednesday, obviously. They could be in the mix very be- quickly, right? Yep. And no one thought of Oakland as a, a playoff team or anything even close to winning their division. But hey, it's the NFL twenty nineteen. Anything can happen. So I, it's, these guys have a lot to play for. I just Yeah, no. know. I'm kind of an underdoggy kind of dude, but not not when it comes to Lambeau and, and Aaron Rodgers. But everybody knows that the Packers are-
0: Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice, idiot. Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. On to the District of Columbia, where the professional football team from Washington, well, they got their first win last week, albeit against the lowly Tank for Tua Dolphins. Uh, unfortunately for the professional football team from Washington, the San Francisco 49ers
1: are coming into
0: town undefeated and uh, the, the line on this one Washington's uh, 10 point underdogs at home wow
1: there's a lot to talk about here Matty
0: there sure is well these are your Niners this is your account
1: Pally this is my account and my gosh did they not impress me on defense wow, wow. I think They're we played football about, buddy you know they were they held the Rams thirteen on third and fourth downs wow yeah like how often do you see that uh, they're running the ball well. I, I got to be honest though, I'm, I wasn't terribly impressed the way Garoppolo was getting the ball down the field. You know, Kiddo had a couple nice catches. They did a nice, uh, a couple nice swing passes to some running backs, but uh, his ability to get downfield is still questionable. And I'm not, but I
0: think the way Shanahan's got the offense set up, he doesn't have to. That's the beauty of it. With your old no. line, the way you're running, you can do a lot of screen passes, a lot of short, and the, yeah. because he's a smart quarterback. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot right no. so he's not caught co- he's not costing you points and the way that defense is playing as long as he can get his uh just get a few first downs in that game and some field goals they could win especially against a team like Washington
1: well sure and that's reflected in the total here of 41 and a half yeah right so they're not expecting a lot of scoring here. You know, uh, the 49ers obviously had that big divisional game against the Rams. Yeah. But they got another one coming up against the surging Panthers back at Levi Stadium next week in San Francisco. Maddie, Uh-oh. see where we're going with this?
0: It's an almost
1: wise guys sandwich, sandwich game. Sandwich. What are you? An idiot sandwich. And I took a closer look at the stats. Would you believe that Case Keenum has two more touchdown passes than Jimmy Garoppolo? And one fewer interception.
0: That's shocking.
1: Really? Yeah, really. I Washington is a very, very bad team. Horrible, horrible. Now they got their first win against an even more horrible team. You got to remember though, the Redskins
0: true. won last game, but they didn't beat the spread. The Red they Redskins didn't come are close
1: to beating this. Yeah, well, I guess they did.
0: They're 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 zero five against the spread in their last five games. The Niners are four and one straight up in their last five games, uh, and four and one against the spread. So, and they got the second best defense in the league, right? Like that, like you were absolutely right to point to the fact that they only allowed the defending NFC champs seven points, and Jared Goff seventy eight yards. Like, I mean. Jared Goff is not my favorite quarterback in the league, but he's good enough to put up over 200 in a game. And if you only give him 70, 78, you yeah. are doing something right. The Niners have a 16.6-point uh, winning margin, and that's uh, a 15.4-point average differential against the spread as well. So, I mean, at a 10-point uh, spread right now, I don't think that cuts it. I think the the Niners will trample over that like, with impunity. Do you? Yeah. I do. I, I'm. I'm going Niners all the way on this one, buddy.
1: So this is the first game that Washington has at home with their new coach. Uh, yeah, it was pretty easy to beat Miami even on their own field. But as I say, this is a sandwich game for the 49ers traveling cross country. It just seems like ten points is a bit too much. Uh, yeah. I as, as surprisingly as. This sounds, Maddie. I'm actually going to take professional football team from Washington.
0: It's just a bold new way that we can say we don't fucking care.
1: Go Redskins! Well,
0: the Marcus Mariota era is dead in Tennessee. Long live Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's the Ryan Tannehill uh, era in Tennessee as the Tennessee Titans play host to the Los Diego's Chargers and Tennessee two point favorites at home. Uh, this game is another game. I wouldn't touch with your money.
1: No, I, I wouldn't either. I mean, you know what? One of the things we said about Tennessee last week was, Oh, Mariota, He doesn't turn the ball over. He did yep. it at twice. Yeah. And I'm not sure if two interceptions warrants a benching, But you had to do something, right? I mean, that offense has been anemic for three seasons now. Yeah. Right? And they've had a pretty
0: decent defense.
1: The defense keeps it in. They have a great No, they still have a good defense. Yep. Again, reflected in the total at 38. And the Chargers, they're just inconsistent.
0: Dude, they lost to a third-string quarterback last week against the Steelers. A third-string, technically. Oh, yeah, yeah, technically a four-string. But, I mean, that is... uh, I mean the the Titans have had some kicker issues too recently. So that this game to me is just a battle of like you said inefficient the
1: Chargers but the Titans as well. Yeah, but really do you think the Chargers are going to do that again? Uh, you know they've beaten the Titans 11 of the last 12 games against each other. Yeah. And the t- again, the 2-point spread doesn't really mean anything. Um Something inside me just says, I think the Chargers are actually going to pull on after an embarrassing loss last Sunday.
0: Really? Hey, eh? you're going yes. Chargers. Yeah, I, I am. I, I, I know, can't with good conscience away from home take the Chargers.
1: I. Yeah, but they, they're, the home field advantage means nothing, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, this so, year, especially this year. Well,
1: they're, they're playing in a the, uh, the soccer stadium or a high school football well, stadium. Well,
0: underdogs this year are a 21 games over five hundred fifty-six thirty-five 35, and 1. That's
1: 61.5%. Yeah, yeah, almost 62%. Absolutely. I was going to bring that up earlier. That's, and, a, in that's fact, a great so cover rate. So are underdogs. Yeah. And what? They're both. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're an underdog and a road team. You know what? It,
0: I think you just talked, you know, you t- I talked you into changing your pick last week. Mm-hmm. I think uh I think you I'm going to go with the LHR. I, this whole quarterback controversy, if you've got a bench a guy and Ryan Tannehill is your best
1: best option.
0: I mean, <laughs> come this is a on. Guy that's
1: probably going to go in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I I'm going with uh well, Brock Osweiler has more Super Bowl rings than does Philip Rivers but i will take him in this game i'm going oh, with the chargers oh
1: come on that hurts don't don't do that <laughs>
0: Late in the afternoon on Sunday, we go to Seattle, where the Seahawks are laying three and a half points against the visiting Baltimore Ravens. And uh, wow, like Russell Wilson's playing MVP-style quarterback right now, but Lamar Jackson is doing some unbelievable things at the position. The over-under on this game is 50.5, and I think they, they have a chance to blow that out in the first half.
1: Well... You know, Seattle doesn't have the benefit of playing Baker Mayfield and his three interceptions, along with some questioning coaching calls by Freddie Kitchens last week. Oh, by the way, I heard a guy uh, refer to Freddie Kitchens as Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's that's perfect. I think that's perfect. So let's picture Larry the Cable Guy versus John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is not going to be turning the ball over three, four times a game. Okay. No. And. You know, Baltimore's still got Earl Thomas in that backfield. And you know, Chris Carson, he had a great game. He had a great game in Seattle and they were running the ball like Mofos. Yep. But they <laughs> Cleveland is a lot different than Baltimore in doing that. Yes. A lot different. And if I don't care if you're on the road, I just love Baltimore catching three and a half here. Yeah, well the yeah. attitude my attitude would be different if it was under a, a field goal, Uh, in in a matchup like this, you know, how long is Russell Wilson just going to be allowed to play like Superman and do it by himself and do it by himself?
0: The Seahawks are just one, one in four against the spread in their last
1: five games at home. That's surprising. I mean, they always play. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's a product of people realizing how good a winning record they have in September and October at home at Seattle and yeah, you know maybe the line yeah line adjustments haven't caught up to that i i i, I really like baltimore here
0: i'm, yeah, not, I'm with you buddy i'm, 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 I'm going not gonna with, think
1: too much about it
0: no i'm going with charm city as well as long as it stays above a field goal
1: mm-hmm. i don't think it's coming down either let's go
0: <laughs> let's go chicago <laughs> Into Soldier Field we go, where my Chicago Bears. 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 Are playing host to the New Orleans Saints. The Bears are three-point favorites at home. And uh, I like the Bears here because in two of Teddy Bridgewater's games, he's played this season against quality defenses. That's Jacksonville and Dallas. The Saints only scored 13 and 12 points, respectively. This week, Teddy Bridgewater has the Bears defense. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. a Trubisky is probable for this one. I think they're going to be hard-pressed to find the end zone. I,
1: I, I can see Chicago.
0: I don't think it's going to be a
1: high-scoring affair, but I see well, Chicago. When I, when I first saw goal. that these two teams were playing this week, I didn't even care about what the line looked like. I cared about what the total was going to look like. At 38 and a half, I was like, ooh, geez, that's still a bit high. That's yeah. still a little bit high. Um, this line opened at Chicago uh, minus three and a half, and now it's down to minus three with a lot of juice on the favorite. Uh, Minus 125 at your major sports books. Now, the Bears have Akeem Nix out. Okay. And Kyle Long as well on IR. Kyle Long is on IR. Although Kyle
0: Long has had a very poor year for the Bears, and I'm almost thinking that's going to be addition by subtraction. Ooh. It wow. dude, I'm okay. not kidding. Like okay. if you look at, right. if, if you look at the film, he is having his worst year on the old. And by the way, you're, this is, I'm a big Kyle long guy. So it pains me to say it, but he has not had a good year. And I think that this can actually help the bears a bit, but the Akeem Hicks, man, he is huge in stopping the run and he can take up a couple low linemen by himself, which always frees up Khalil Mack. I, you, that's what's going to hurt the bears.
1: So here's an interesting situation with Alvin Kamara. He has a high ankle sprain. I mean, he's probable to play. He likely will be in, in the lineup. But they play Arizona at the Superdome next week. Yep. And then they go on a bye. And by the time they get off that bye, Drew Brees is back. So are they really going to want to risk aggravating the high ankle sprain? Or are they getting less in his workload quite a bit? And I think it's the latter. Yep. And I've heard, I've heard, just saying, that there's a lot of sharp money there on the Bears.
0: Yeah, I heard there's a lot of sharp money on the Bears as well. Also, you know, I'm kind of thinking of doing a teaser with the uh, over-under on this one. Because you could tease the Bears down to plus three, and then tease the over down to thirty-two
1: i still have a, a hard time seeing them get to, getting yeah, through so
0: you would you would tease <laughs> the under up to uh to 44
1: oh for sure yeah that oh, actually absolutely. makes a lot more
0: sense so tease the bears down to to plus three you're and not, tease the uh under to 44 yeah that i've said this
1: before sense. you're gonna see a lot more scoring at your local drive-in movie theater than you in this game Hi-oh!
0: i think you just dated yourself there pal <laughs> I think
1: I did, but uh, no. Seriously, uh, Bridgewater has done nothing but cover spreads since he's been in the league, and he's done such a great job as a backup for Breeze. You know, the guy's four and zero, and he's kind of lifted that that mantra of a game manager that always oh, a service quarterback. He's a good quarterback, and I don't disagree with that. But they've dumbed down their playbook hugely. Yeah, and I just think with what, even though with Aqim Nix out. <laughs> those guys on their defense forget about it yeah um i just you know they're used to playing in a dome and that's not what soldier field looks like i i can understand why sharp money is coming in on the bears and i'm going to get on that train uh that train to chicago i'm taking the bears minus three stop, stop, stop the bears Bears. <laughs>
0: Sunday night, we head to Dallas where, uh, wow, they need to put the skids on this losing streak as they're three-point favorites against their division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. Three points is just about right in an NFC uh, East division matchup, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. That's the, that's the way it should be. That's the going rate. Right. That's the going rate, right. and it has been for a few decades.
0: The Cowboys uh, are 7-1 straight up in their last eight at home. And, well, they're uh, they're Eagles both coming, two and four against the spread in their last six.
1: They're both coming off losses, but Dallas lost to the Jets, yep. and Philly lost to Minnesota at home. And I don't think anyone's going to fault them for that. Okay, no. and Dallas had two offensive tackles, Smith and Collins, uh, who were out last game, and they're still listed as questionable. And then you see Amari Cooper get banged up, and he's listed as questionable. So I'm not really sure who's going to be starting. However, the Eagles. It looks like Deshaun Jackson is going to be back in their lineup. He's, he's considered day-to-day. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing. And I just think that the Eagles are a little bit more hungry than the Dallas Cowboys are in this. And I just think the morale has gone down in Dallas. I don't know. This Again, when you have divisional games like this where they a field goal, either way, comes down to a gut feeling. And I just think that if Philly gets their defensive secondary slightly healthy, slightly healthy, that they are they are overmatching Dallas. At the quarterback position, kind of. Yeah, no, I'm gonna no, say that. I,
0: Carson Wentz, I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy, but but like Carson Wentz, I think that's gonna be a horrible contract that
1: the Eagles are going to have to wear for a long time. I think so too, but what? You're going to pay Dak 40 mil a year and say that's a good contract?
0: Uh, no, but he, that's not what he's making right now. No, Carson but that's what Wentz he's is asking his, for. Yeah, that's but what he's yeah, for. What, let's talk about now. Carson Wentz is the one who got paid, and he right. got paid on a weaker record than Dak. At least Dak has won a playoff round. Uh, Carson has watched injured while other quarterbacks have won playoff rounds. So I'm. Are you trying to talk me into
1: taking Dallas here?
0: I'm taking Dallas because. They are 7-1 and one straight up in their last 8 at home. They play well at home. It's Sunday night, prime time. You know that they're going to try to shine. And that defense definitely is looking for a bounce back because they are much better than they showed against the Jets last week. They were embarrassed. These guys are pros and they're at home in Dallas. I, I'm taking the
1: Cowboys with the points. They just look so awful to me. I'm I know they need a bounce back game. So does Philly. I just, I just see Philly. I just see Philly and Poland out here. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly. How
0: about them cowboys? (laughs) And our Monday nighter is our second game to take place in New York on the weekend. And of course, it's the New York Jets playing host to the New England Patriots. Jets, nine and a half point underdogs. I think this is kind of a reasonable spread. It's kind of a tantalizing spread too, although I wish it was over 10.
1: Yeah, I like it too. I mean, that's a typical spread that you see between these two teams yep. you know, in the last at least five years. Divisional game um michael bennett of the pats has been suspended for the week for behavior detrimental to the team don't know exactly what that means uh, the Pats that's really looking like they're missing rob gronkowski gronk yeah. needs to be back in the lineup there because they are not d- despite the fact that they're kicking everyone's ass by about 30 points a game their offense and even brady said it after the last game because they, they scored 35 points on the Thursday night and they didn't get one passing touchdown. Um, it was all rushing. Two of them were from Brady. And the him for the game, he's like, yeah, we're just, we're not quite there yet, which is normal for them in October.
0: Yeah, but, but they're still undefeated, even though they're, they're still meh.
1: undefeated. Here's the biggest butt in the whole game CJ Mosley, back in the lineup for the Jets. And when he went out in week one against the Bills, Their whole season took a different trajectory. And Darnold looked pretty good last week after his little kissing disease.
0: Yeah, he Um, looked real good against what is a good Dallas defense.
1: I mean, yeah, the one play for 92 yards. But, hey, uh, that was Robbie uh, Robbie, uh, Anderson. Anderson. You bet. Dallas hasn't done much yet.
0: Like, I mean, the Jets, they've already played the Patriots in week two. They were 22-point road underdogs, and they covered the spread. They lost 30-14. to 14. That was in Gillette Stadium. Um, but on the flip side of the coin, the Pats have covered double-digit spreads in, of 15 or more points three times already this season. I and know. I overall, know. they're 4-2 against the spread. They're winning games by an average 23.7-point margin and uh, uh, averaging more than 98 uh points above the spread on average like they're they're killing it they're eight and two against the spread in their last 10 Uh, it's so hard to go against the patriots here but also uh, a home dog and you're giving me nine and a half points Mm, it's uh, yeah this is a real tantalizing line especially when new york showed you something last week right because the Pats have a really good defense. This could be one of their best defenses Belichick's ever put together. Oh, I think so, too. I don't um, disagree. But the Jets did this against a, a really good Cowboys defense, and they finally got Le'Veon Bell, I think, working for them as well. You know what, man? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm taking the Jets as home dogs.
1: Let's go Fire Hats! J E T S, J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah!
0: You hang up and try again. All right, it's time for Andy's Total Prop Tease. Uh, this is a segment whereby Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. We invite you to do the same thing along with us on our Facebook fan page, A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So, Andy, take out your swami hat. Give us your week seven thoughts.
1: All right. For our total, we have the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions under 44 points. Now, five of the last road games have gone under for the Vikings, as is the case for six of Detroit's last seven playing at Ford Field. We have bet under on Minnesota, I think, thrice this year, and every single ticket has cashed at the wicket. And I don't see this changing that trend. I'm going to go this game under the 44 points. Our prop bet is for the Buffalo Bills, for a team total, to go under 29.5. I know they're playing the Miami Dolphins, but I expect them to run the ball, manage the clock, And there's going to be a bit of windy weather with gusts up to 17 miles an hour. I don't see them going downfield a lot. Even if they do, Josh Allen is just unpredictable. I don't see them hitting 30 points. The teaser. Let's not overthink this. The New Orleans Saints against the Bears there, Maddie, uh, from three to nine points, and it's a low total of 40. It's a low variance exactly the same thing with the Chargers. A low variance with a total of 40. We're going from two to eight points, going through the two key numbers of three and seven. Uh, To summarize, Minnesota-Detroit under 44 for a prop bet. Buffalo for a team total to go under 29 and a half. And our teaser is New Orleans and the Chargers up, both of them.
0: Well, thank you for listening to week seven of Almost Wise, guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week seven games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out there and pick yourself a winner. If
1: you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week the same bedtime on the same bed channel. Sayonara.
0: Good night, everyone. I love you guys.
1: We were at the beach. Everybody had
0: matching towels.
1: Somebody went under a dock, and there they saw a rock. It wasn't a rock. What's a rock?